Today's episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast is proud to be partnered with Anchor Podcasts. Anchor is the easiest way for anyone to make a podcast. If you have a latent idea that's just kind of lying around for a show you would like to record one day, I'm confident that anyone could use this platform to host, record, and distribute your podcast, turning your idea into a reality. Anchor puts everything you need to be successful all in one place. You can start a new recording right from your mobile device. They also have convenient creation tools that allow you to edit your audio files so they sound crisp and great. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, letting listeners find your show almost everywhere, including Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several others. And best of all, it's free. There are no hosting fees or monthly subscriptions or minimum listener counts, just an easy-to-use platform to get your podcast out there at no cost to you. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Hello and welcome to the Ministry Minded Podcast, a show that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God that meets us in our messy ministries. I'm your host, Brad Gray, and uh, this is episode number 39. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was privileged with the opportunity of speaking at a church in a rural town in Pennsylvania, and uh, during one of the services, I was able to give a short devotional in which I, I sort of recounted my salvation testimony, how God kind of drew me to himself. And uh, I'm so thankful uh, to relay this story to you, relay this story of grace uh, as is seen in, in my life. Uh, I know that each of our stories of grace are a little bit different, and I hope you can glean something from this uh, and from how grace was revealed in my own life, and I hope it uh, encourages you uh, in this brief episode. Uh, before we get going, today's show is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. Research shows that two primary reasons people don't read their Bible is that they're either too busy or they don't understand what they're reading. The goal and the mission of this Christian Standard Bible is to have more people reading and understanding the Bible by engaging it in a translation that's easy to read but is also faithful to the original languages. The CSB strives to be accurate, readable, and shareable. It strives to be a Bible that pastors can feel confident preaching from while also being a translation that all church members feel comfortable reading on their own. To find out more about the Christian Standard Bible, go to csbible.com. And now for this brief uh, episode where I kind of share my story of grace. Well, good evening. Uh, I'm glad you are here. It's good to see you on a midweek uh, service. Uh, I, I was kind of, Tommy asked me to kind of share a little devotional. I thought uh, tonight would be a good kind of intimate kind of setting to where I can kind of share more about my story and uh, kind of give you my testimony, how God brought me to uh, faith in Him. And so I just wanted to share a little bit about that uh, tonight. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Philippians 3. Um, Philippians 3, I kind of tend to think, and I don't mean this in any sort of like, um, prideful kind of way, that my story kind of resembles Paul's in some ways, um, just because I resonate with some of his language in, when he writes in, in his epistles, um, especially in this chapter, chapter 3. Uh, and I'll tell you why in a moment, but I, I find Paul's 
story so fascinating, especially because as we learn in 1 Timothy chapter, I think it's 1, and I think it's in verse 16, where Paul says, and he's writing to his protege Timothy, and he writes about how, he, how Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and then he says, of whom I am chief. And then he writes in verse 16 about how his story of redemption is an example of God's mercy to the believer. And I think that's very true. God's story and what he did in Paul's life is what he has done in all of our lives and waking us up to the radical reality of who Jesus is. And I love what Paul writes here because if you think about who Paul was and who he is now, this passage in Philippians 3 just brings a, a lot of things uh, right up to the surface. Uh, I'm going to read from verse 3 of Philippians 3 down through, well, we'll read a little ways. Philippians 3, 3 says, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinketh that he hath, whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. I like what Paul's saying here. He's getting ready. He's gearing you up for what he's about to say. Right, he's 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 t- going to tell you a little bit about his story and about how you, if you believe that you can boast in yourself, if you believe you have a resume upon which you can trust in order to uh, win your spot in heaven, Paul is basically saying, "I have more than that. I have an even better resume." And he goes on to tell you what it is. He says, "Circumcised the eighth day." of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. So he he spouts off all these things that make it sound as if Paul had it all going for him. And indeed, if you look at Paul's life, he kind of (laughs) did. He was a Pharisee, as you know, and if you read like Acts chapter 8, that's where he's kind of, he first comes onto this, he excuse me, comes onto the scene in the New Testament as Saul, he was a Pharisee. And as he says right here, as a Pharisee uh, with zeal, he went about persecuting the church. He went about taking people from their homes, out of their homes, and bringing them into execution because they believed in this guy, Jesus, uh, this Jesus of Nazareth, and they believed that he had resurrected from the dead. This is Paul. He was writing that. He was, and this is why he's writing this, to remind people of who he was. That's who I was, he's saying. I was a zealous Pharisee. I did everything to the letter of the law. I was a Hebrew. I was also a Roman citizen. I had everything going for me. And I love what he says in verse 7, though. Because despite that resume, despite those things he's telling you, that, hey, I could boast in this. I could uh, pin my life on these things. He says... But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss, save for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. 
I love what he does. <laughs> he basically tells them, all those things I had going for me, all those things that I could pin my hopes on for my life, for my eternity, that's all garbage. It's rubbish. It's dung. It's manure. Whatever in, uh, in, <laughs> excrement word you want to put in there, that's what that is. I count it as rubbish that I may win Christ. Jesus goes beyond all of that stuff. And that's relevant to me because... Just a little bit about me. <laughs> I grew up in a Baptist home, a pastor's home. I have a lot of pastor pedigree in my life. My grand, both of my grandfathers are pastors. Uh, my grandfather on my dad's side was a pastor for 50-odd years. And my other grandfather, he was a pastor for probably 30-ish years uh, in various capacities. My dad is still a, a pastor in the upstate of South Carolina. You should basically say, I like to say this, um, I grew up in Sunday school. <laughs> uh, that's kind of just in my DNA. Church on Sundays is not like a maybe or a question mark. It's like, that's what I do. I've been in church my whole life. <laughs> I've grown up in the church. My church friends were the people I was always around. So that was who I was closest to. And despite being in a Christian home and having a Christian upbringing and having a, a pastor be my dad and pour himself into me, I wasn't saved till I was 16. I made a profession of faith at 5, and yet from 5 to 16, I like to say that I lived as a whitewashed tomb. You know, like Jesus is, he's, he's talking to the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23, and he accuses them of being nothing but whitewashed tombs. You are uh, clean on the outside, but inside you are full of dead men's bones, he says in Matthew 23. And I like to think that that was me. Jesus in Matthew 23, he calls them hypocrites. That's the Greek word for uh, actor or stage actor. It's where we get our word actor and stuff like that. And so according to the Jesus, these Pharisees in Matthew 23 were acting their righteousness. That was me. That resonates with me because that was me. I was acting my righteousness. I can't tell you how many verses I memorized when I was uh, you know, 10 years old. I can't tell you how many times uh, when I was in church, I preached sermons before I was the age of 16, before I got saved. And yet it was all a farce. It was all fake. It was all hypocritical in the truest sense of the word, because I did not know Jesus as my Savior. I knew him as a God. I knew the Bible like the back of my hand because I had been in church my whole life. And yet I was a hypocrite. I was play-acting my righteousness. <laughs> I was play-acting my holiness. And I had a resume like Paul's. <laughs> I like to say that. Like, you know, concerning zeal, I was in Awana every night. And concerning, uh, you know, uh, passion for the church, I was always in church. <laughs> I had a pedigree of pastors beh behind my name. I had everything going for me. And that I lived as if it didn't matter. I lived as I took that for granted. And it wasn't until I was 16, I was at this, um, I was at this Christian camp. It was called the Anchorage. Uh, it's a small Christian camp uh, on a lake uh, on Lake Waccamaw in uh, North Carolina. And I remember I was sitting there, and it was you know the the typical Wednesday night sermon at a Christian camp, which is the hardcore evangelism night. Um, and I, but I remember the, the evangelist, he got up and spoke, and it was literally as if I was the only one in that whole auditorium, as if there was a spotlight right on me, and he was preaching to me, almost like pointing a finger at me. <laughs> 
And I was sitting there under such conviction, and I was under such conviction because I knew in my soul that I was not saved. That I knew in that moment that I had been pretending, that I had been faking it, that I had been not living for Jesus, and that Jesus was not a part of my life. As much as I had pretended that He was. But I was in this battle. I was in my seat and I was battling because I was a pastor's kid. (laughs) What would it look like if the pastor's kid makes a profession of faith at a Christian camp? (laughs) I was surrounded by my best friend, uh, all growing up, my best friend. And then on my other side was my cousin, who was like my other brother to me. He was very close to me. And I was by my family. My sister was near me. My sister who had encouraged me to go, I didn't even want to go to this camp, but she encouraged me to go. And I'm sitting there like, how can I even get up and go talk to someone about this without embarrassing my family or embarrassing myself? (laughs) I was battling that sort of like pride there, you know. I was battling this idea that if I get up and walk out that I'm going to put so much shame on my family and I'm going to put so much shame on myself, I, I can't do that. Thankfully, I don't know uh, why or how. It was the Holy Spirit, I guess. At the end of that message, I immediately got up. I immediately walked out. I had to walk outside. I couldn't just walk to the back of the room. I had to go outside. And my counselor followed me. And right there through a, a pool of tears, I renounced my own pretend righteousness. And I put my faith, as it says here, in the righteousness of God. And the righteousness that is of Christ by faith. I repented of all that wickedness. Even the wickedness that looked good, right? Even the wickedness where I pretended that I was a good person. I repented of that. And I put my faith in the righteousness which is of God by faith. And I'm not here to tell you that, that it's been like this you know, magical, easy road since I was 16. Obviously there's been... As Paul writes in Romans 7, there's been uh, seesawing back and forth between what I know I should do and what I don't want to do and all those types of things. But I can tell you that nothing compares to the reality of the righteousness that is of Christ by faith. The pretend stuff, it's just like, I think it's, um, I think it's John Bunyan. And he's writing uh, in his commentary about the, um, f- the parable of the Pharisee and the publican from Luke um, 18. And, he, and he's writing, he has this long discourse, John Bunyan does on this long discourse on that, on that parable. And I think he writes about how the, fa- the righteousness of the Pharisee is like a cobweb. You can, it burns up in fire like that. It has no strength about it. It's flimsy. It's fragile. But the righteousness of God is firm. It's solid. It's something that you can put your life on. It's something real that you can sink your teeth into, so to speak. And for me, that's, um, <laughs> that's my story. <laughs> that God brought me out of this idea of I have to do these things in order to make myself righteous into a place of I have to put my faith in Jesus because He has finished it all, as He says in John 19. He has finished it. I'm so thankful for the fact that God has brought me out. And He's changed my life completely. (laughs) 
I, I was going away from what God wanted me to do, and God has brought me into a place where this is the only thing that I know how to do, really, is, is to preach and to, and to speak His truth. And that's what I love, I love about what God has allowed me to do, is I've been afforded that opportunity and uh, he's, he's given me a, a wife uh, by me uh, who's he's blessed me far beyond that I could ever imagine. I'm so thankful for the fact that I can say along with Paul that all these things that I counted gain for me, I count them as loss. I count them as rubbish except for the knowledge, the excellency, as he says, the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. I love that testimony, because it's my testimony too. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for today's edition of the Ministry Minded Podcast. I hope you are blessed. I hope you are encouraged by what you heard. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter, at underscore Ministry Minded. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Thanks again to the Christian Standard Bible for sponsoring the show. And thank you, as always, for listening, commenting, and subscribing. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you. Blessings.